proudest day and the proudest time and the, the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still pick to that run that was just the best best run ever Welcome along to Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast, Season 2, Episode 38. Um, I think we've all got the post-RAC Rally Blues at this stage because <laughs> what an epic, you know, five days of rallying we're just after witnessing. And hopefully we'll get we'll be talking a bit more about that and then, you know, an episode coming soon. But in the meantime, Connor, um, this episode, you know, we're, we'll speak to uh, Sean Moriarty who will help us preview the... Killarney historic coming up this weekend. We also k- catch up with John Armstrong, who com- finished a fantastic fourth overall in Rally de Var in France at the weekend. And then also then is Casey J. Coleman, who done two Italian events in the, the Peugeot 208. So, uh, I don't know. I suppose before we start, like, share, rate, subscribe, all those things again. But Connor, what can we say? That RAC rally, we talked last week, we said it was going to be epic. It I think it went beyond that. <laughs> Was. Oh, listen, it, it delivered and then some. Um, do you know what? It, it just brought you back. It brought you back to memories of the circuit, you know, when it was five days, when the old RAC, you know, in the night stages and everything. Just, ah, oh, it was great. It yeah. really, really was. I think before we go any further, we have to say Paul Woodford was on with us last week. He promised us something special for the coverage. And by God, you know, special stage, uh, MCR Media, you know, Matt Cotton and Bex and all as well. And that whole team, like what a you know what a performance they put on, like the coverage top notch, you know, like some stages, two locations, a drone footage, and then end the stage interviews, the the wrap up shows every evening. It was you know you said about the old circuit and the old RAC road. This was a real throwback, but done so well. Ah, uh, listen, done phenomenally. Like for a small team, a minuscule or whatever budget, like they would put many of the TV production crew and company to to shame with what they produced. That's for sure. That's for sure. Like this was top notch, top quality. The drone footage, the you know the the quality of the camera work and everything else. The locations they picked as well too. You have to say, real tip of the hat to that whole team. That was. Brilliant, really good to see, and it's it's set a very high bar for anybody now going forward. Absolutely has, and you know, you mentioned locations, but gee, what phenomenal stages when you look at some of the images and the photographs and clips, um, like a really, yeah, oh, was yeah, the whole rally, just you know, there's nothing I saw that I could fault. No, no, and like what a rally, you know, like you said, the stages, but the you know, the performances on the stages. Like, you know, where do you even start to, you know, talk about it? Because there was so much drama and intrigue right from, from the start. Ah, look, it was a complete roller coaster from, you know, the excitement of Chris Meek taking part to then the heartbreak of Chris going out so early. And then with young Solberg, you know, doing amazing things and then for himself to have, you know, issues. And then, you know, the, the Lancia Stratos. I think everybody fell in love with the Lancia. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, just on the last day, I was like, oh, no, don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, you, that, you know, we talk about falling in love, like the noise, the, the, the footage 
Oh my god, you know, the noise of that thing through the forest, oh, it just must be something else really. The, you know, also the TR7 uh, as well, Chris Ingram and Hannah as well too, that carriage sounded absolutely fantastic as well too, like so, oh, you know, just, you know, I'm trying to think, but there was just so many things happening, Oshin Price got into the lead then as well, and looked comfortable the next thing then, you know, he's gone, like, it was, it was just, every time you, you, you dipped into the coverage, there was more drama. Absolutely, there was. And I have to say, fair play to, to Marty and Barney. Yeah. You know, kind of, they were a bit overshadowed with all of that that was happening, but they lovely, nice, clean rally on eventful pretty much for them. They, you know, stayed the course and experience came through, you know, previous winners and they won again. Yep, for sure. And, like, you know, talk about, you know, the stage end interviews. Ah, them two guys, it, I would love to be a fly in the wall and you know, I think you should put leave the NCAR camera on between stages because I would say it must be some crack, you know. Yeah. I'd be a lot of a bleeped out though. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, what two characters, you know? Like, yes, they work hard, but by God, do they play hard as well? Uh, they two, two lovable rogues. I think that's yeah. probably the best way to describe them. For sure, for sure. And the, the event went on that long. I think Barney was starting to have hair towards the end as well, too, <laughs> which was something of a joke, you know. So. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like as you say, like the you know the old dog from the hard road, I suppose, would be as good a way of putting it. Isn't it? Like you know, I think it was uh, Matt Cotton said something to Barney about Solberg's time or something, you know, like, and then answer to that, and he says, "Like, what's your rush?" Like, he knew this was a five-day rally. It wasn't going to be won or lost in one stage. No, absolutely. This is a tough event on, on, on the cars, tough event on the crews. And, you know, again, I think that bit of experience did come through in the end and then certainly went in their favour. Mm -hmm, for sure, for sure. And like, then you mentioned the Stratus. Like, you know, Gary McLeany co-driving there for Seb Perez as well. You know, that last stage, 38 miles, I think there were something like nine or ten miles from the end. And, you know, the engine finally cried enough. Like, that car gave a lot of baller over the five days, but, by God, you know, like, what a cruel kick. Oh, listen, really, really tough. Like, the, the you know, the, the love and attention to detail and everything that went into prepping that car over the years and getting it ready and getting it, you know, for this event and then getting it through this event as well. You know, a real tough event. The car did really well and Steve and, and Gary did really well. And yeah, just a bit of a kick in the nuts for the, the engine to go. That's for sure. That is for sure. And then, you know, Catherine McCourt and Liam Moynihan. You know, we've, we've said that for, you know, uh, you know, the past six months, Cahan in the second half of the season has really come of age. And like this, I'm sure probably even divide his own expectations, you know, second event in the list in the Mark II. And, you know, he talked earlier about Marty keeping the nose clean. You know, Cahan and Liam kept the nose clean the whole weekend, or the whole week. <laughs> and, you know, to come away with second, I'm sure they were even exceeded their expectations, really. Absolutely. I come here not, not to do an injustice to Cahan, but that's probably the longest event he's ever done. Yeah. You know, like really is. So, he, you know, his ability shone through, you know, keeping the clear head, the pace in themselves, all the rest of it, and not panicking under pressure either. You know, mm -hmm. they came through and came through well. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's a whole host of other uh, local crews too that went over there and done so well. You know, like, I'm going to probably I'll leave somebody out. So <laughs> maybe say for not naming them. But, you know, we'll revisit the RAC, you know, in another episode soon, you know. But the uh, Clarny Historic's coming up this weekend as well, too. 
and again, you know, it's going to be another epic event. You know, it's only one day, but it's not going to be a handy rally. It'll be no manner of means. No, listen, a solid entry there. It really is, um, particularly in the Mark IIs, um, you know. And again, a handful of people could win it. You know, it, 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 it's going to be pretty interesting. And again, weather dependent. Yeah, and, the, you know, the historic entry is strong, the modified entry is strong. And, you know, I'll speak to Sean Barrett, you're going to hear that now shortly. Like, it has become the Irish go-to event, you know. It's, a, it's a really part of the countdown to Christmas for, for Kerry, for rallying. Um, you know, it's become, you know, a, a, almost like an end-of-season party, almost. It is, and it's an event you'd love to see to grow and continue to grow in stature as well. And, you know, if it could stretch it out to be in a two or a three or more, it'd be day event, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, uh-huh. um, you know, listen to what Sean has to say towards the end of the conversation. I think it could open up an interesting conversation, but I think we'll hear from Sean. Sean, we thought we'd talk to you about Killarney Historics this weekend. It's looking as if it's going to be another exciting event coming up this weekend. Well, it is indeed, Kevin. It is uh... It's Christmas time in Killarney. It's rally time in Killarney. I think the the two events go hand in hand now at this stage. Uh, uh, going back to the first historic rally in 1996, it's always never been part of the uh, Christmas and Killarney Festival. And I think the rally is part of the festival. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting event. It's going to be an exciting time for the town. And it's a very great way to finish up the season. Yeah, like you, you just said there, like Killarney really brings this rally into its heart, the way they make it part of the thing, you know, they turn on the lights and all as part of the, 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 the event as well, and brings a huge crowd into the town, which is great to see always. Absolutely, and uh, there's going to be a slight change now this year to, to what we're used to with the uh, ceremonial start on, um, on Friday night. Uh, with the advent of the announcement of a new sponsor, the O'Donoghue Ring uh, Group of Hotels, one of their hotels in the town centre is the Plaza Hotel, which means that the start ramp will now be placed directly outside the plaza, uh, as opposed to the other end of the main shopping street uh, at Market Cross for the for the last twenty years, obviously. But uh, so what happens uh, on Friday night is the cars will come up New Street and turn right into the uh, the one way system against the one way system. Obviously, the road is closed and face the um, face the ramp at the Plaza Hotel. So it brings a new dynamic to it, a new uh, kind of backdrop, a new uh, sense of atmosphere to the whole thing uh but it's very important to to place that uh place that ramp directly outside uh, uh the plaza which is of course one of the uh ring family alan rings family group of hotels mm-hmm. yeah and like alan's been a, a big part of the rally for the last few years as well a staunch supporter and great to see him on board now as a sponsor as well it's a very interesting time for um alan of course i mean he's finished second overall in the rally the last two years uh once to the great uh craig breen and once to last year's winner uh johnny greer uh I think there might be a little bit more of an impetus in Alan to go for the big one this year, given that uh, his family name is on the side of the, all the door cards. You know, the O'Donoghue Ring, uh, it's, it, is, it is officially the Towers Hotel, uh, Killarney Historic Rally, but it's only one of four or five hotels in town and another hotel in Castle Island that the, the family run. So it'd be very special for Alan to win the first ever rally with uh, his family's business on, on the side of all the cars. Uh, I'm sure he will be going for that. Uh, yeah, great supporter of Irish rallying, great supporter of Kerry rallying. Uh, you know, we don't see him out that often. Uh, he did two interesting rallies in Europe this year: uh, the uh, the, the East Belgium rally in the BMW, and he also did the uh, the San Remo historic rally. Uh, both of them around September October time. Speaking to him recently, he said that San Remo was like uh, joining the old version of Miles Gap, which was much narrower, and Bullock Bema together into the one stage. So 
he enjoyed that. Uh, but he prefers the Subaru Legacy for the bumpier Irish tar. So, yeah, I'm sure he'd be chomping at the bit. It's a special occasion for him, of course. Absolutely. And you mentioned a name there, too, that like, has been part and parcel of the Killarney Historics the last few years. Craig Breen, unfortunately, you know, the events of this year. But Craig and Paul like, were a part of the fabric of Killarney Historics the last few years. And they'll be sadly missed this weekend. Absolutely, Craig, we hugely missed this weekend. It was almost like um, the the official world or European rally season was over and uh, the, the the business end of the season was over and Craig started his Christmas party in, in Killarney. Uh, we remember in recent years the Metro 6R4, the BMW uh, M3 E30, uh, the Ford Escort Mark II and, of course, the, the Frank Maher uh, Ford Sierra RS Cosworth. And all of these things brought an extra atmosphere to the rally. Uh, he won it once in that period of time. He came very close to winning it last year, only uh, tied going into the last stage with Johnny Greer, only for the dry shaft to break on the way up to Mods Gap. Um, you know, this, you know, Craig was the uh, epitome of professionalism when he was driving for Ford, driving for a Hyundai, driving for Citroen. But when the season was over and he wanted to bring his ties out to play, he, he, tended, to, he tended to bring him to County Kerry, bring him to the Clarny Historic Rally. And he really... Uh, he really loved Killarney and Killarney loved Craig. So uh, it's going to be a bittersweet weekend for all of us down here, I think. That's for sure. That's for sure. And like Paul Nagel, you know, the father was the, the you know one of the, the, the brainchild behind the whole Killarney Historics as well. And it's a very special event for him. And to be able to share that with Craig too, it was, you know, it's a special time for everybody involved. Yeah, but it's great to see Paul now. He's uh, he's after getting heavily involved in the, the background scene of things, uh, heavily involved in uh, organising and uh He's uh, one of the uh, deputy clerks of the course for this rally. You know, to kind of take over the mantle that your father created 27 years ago is, uh, is special for Paul. And I think it's also very honourable of the man that he's putting so much back into the local club after years at the top of his game. Uh, you know, obviously he didn't forget where he's, he came from. He, he's given back to his home club after um, after 20 years at the top. Um, he's only barely retired just over a year. It's hard yeah. to believe that, but... Uh, here he is, uh, stepping up to the game and working his way, becoming uh, towards um, a fully fledged clerk of the course. And that's great to see. That's very important. Yeah, and you can only just imagine what he has seen around the world and what the contacts that he will have and the, you know what he can bring to any event. Yeah, his ideas and his uh, his knowledge and his he he does an awful lot of work in the the tracking room, and you know the tracking room is still a relatively new experience for all organisers and competitors, but. His ability to think on his feet and think very quickly on his feet means he he's making very important decisions based on what he's seeing in front of him, in front of these big screens. And and I'm sure he's making uh, decisions, educated decisions, way quicker than any of the rest of us yeah. could because of that knowledge that he's bringing from the, the WRC and ERC and God knows where else. The man has travelled the world and, you know, you know he's he put Killarney on the map, but... Uh, his his learnings are really being put into action on on events like the Rally the Lakes and uh, the Clarny Historics and and the Circuit Kerry as well. He walked in the track room the Circuit Kerry Rally as well this year. Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, I suppose the, the event this weekend, uh, Johnny Greer's back to defend his title this year has been wheeled out one more time. Like this car, it's been almost developed for this event. You know, it has, it has been born in this event and it has grown up in this event as well. Uh, I think one of the interesting things about uh, Johnny Greer, and it's only the news only broke earlier this week, was that um, is that Kirsty Riddick is back in the hot seat. Uh, you know, th those two had a formidable relationship. Uh, uh, you know, won rallies in Northern Ireland, won the Northern Ireland Rally Championship. Regular visitors down this part of the world for the International Rally of the Lakes. Uh, Kirsty took a step back from the sport there in recent years, 
did her first rally, the Carlisle stages, uh, maybe two or three weeks ago. First event in a long, long time. But the you know to think that that team is back together is uh, is going to be special as well. And I I think I think Johnny is uh, putting the best foot forward, cre- creating the best. Uh, the best possible scenario you can to win this rally. Um, he he brought this car here first two years ago. The car retired with mechanical trouble early and in, in the day. I think after Balak Bema, they had some kind of trouble uh, coming into service. Um, came back last year and got into an absolute race with uh, with Craig and Paul. Uh, if you recall, after uh, after uh, six of the seven stages, the uh, the two um, the two crews were tied on equal time going into one run over the gap. And what a showdown that should have been, and what a what a an absolute spectacle it should have been for the spectators. But unfortunately, uh, Craig's car broke a, a dry shaft on the approach, the arrival control in um in Miles Gap, and the race is over. But uh, it's still incredible to think that uh, like uh, after six stages, the two cars were identical, and it just shows the level of driver Johnny is too that he can uh, he can race the best of the best. Yeah, and also we should say that it was Johnny's uh, service crew that kept Craig in the rally last year. They were having mechanical issues before that, and the Greer guys sorted them out and got them, kept them motoring as well. Um, from what I would recall, it was a rear diff problem, yeah. uh, certainly some sort of a transmission problem, and that is correct. That Davy Greer Motorsport donated a, a rear diff. Uh, that obviously, the cars are very similar mechanically, and uh, Davy himself would be well known for driving uh, rear wheel drive uh, whale tail Sierras over the years, but. Yeah, they donated the spare parts that were needed to keep uh, Craig in the rally. Uh, the rally could have been won or, uh, won or lost at the first service because they came in after three stages with the with that very problem. And the Greer boys donated the bits and the race continued with six stages down and the time clock said equal and it's a showdown in the last stage. Unfortunately, we never saw it, but there's a... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic sportsmanship by Johnny Greer and fa- fantastic sportsmanship by the DGM outfit. Great, yeah. great to see that kind of thing. And that's the great thing about the Killarney Historic Rally. Uh, yes, it's competitive. Yes, everybody wants their name in the winner's trophy. But it's an in-the-season uh, event, in-the-season uh, party as well. And that added to the party and added to the crack last year, 100% of that. For sure, for sure. Oh, and we should, should probably mention as well that the region Nile Burns is not doing the event with Johnny is uh Niall's wife's due a baby in the next week or so anyway, so he didn't want to be he didn't want to be making the journey down in case he got the call to come home. <laughs> well the, the the best of luck to Mrs. Burns. I didn't know that was the reason yes. uh, that uh-huh. he had to step out. She was actually Niall that did tell me the that Kirsty was back in the seat earlier in the week, but I didn't know why, but yes. uh, the very best of luck and many congratulations to all of them up in Donegal. For sure, for sure. And then, mm. you know, like the, the the lineup coming after Johnny, like a stellar lineup there. You've done a Kelly, you, you know, you mentioned Alan Ring earlier. Like it's the who's who of Irish historic rallying, really, on tarmac, isn't it? It's not even just a who's who of Irish uh, Irish rallying. Uh, uh, one of my favourite names is uh, on on the list is car number twenty. Uh, Paul Leter, he's uh, he's from Be- Belgium. Uh, he's uh, an absolute legend of uh, Belgium and Flanders rallying. Uh, there was a book written about him recently. I think he's something like five or six hundred rallies done uh, all over Europe. But you have to go back into the late 1980s and early 90s. And Paul was coming to Killarney first in uh, uh, Talbot Sunbeams. Then he came in a uh, Manta 400. Mm-hmm. Uh, came, yeah, came in the mid 90s in a uh, Nescar Cosworth. Um, returned to Killarney in 2019 for the first time after many years absence in an open Manta 400. But arriving this year in a, in a Scona 400. And we don't see too many Esconas out these days. And mm-hmm. the other incredible thing about it is uh, this is the very car that he um, he won the Ypres Rally, uh, the historic section of the Ypres Rally in June. And I just got chatting them ra- randomly in the, the service park. I was lucky enough to be out in Ypres and got chatting them uh, in the service park uh, after he won that rally. 
And he, he said at the time, we would like to go. And here we are six months later, we're, we're coming, we're, we're on the way. <laughs> and two, two, two weeks ago, he did the, uh, he did the court trick rally. Uh, it's a local rally to him. It's a famous rally in the, the Flanders region. And they, they had mechanical and uh, I, I don't rightly know what happened, but they, they had mechanical trouble. And two days after the rally, there was a Facebook post by Paul and he said, uh, yeah, with the car fixed and uh, we're on the way to Killarney and that's fantastic such yeah. an effort to get that in Scorner 400 so yes there's a huge huge Irish entry there but I love I love the international element of the rally as well yeah it's always great to see a new well not a new name a returning visitor that gets always great to see and the, the, the Irish Historic Championship has been so well supported over the last few years by English and Welsh crews as well and they're making the journey over as well absolutely I mean uh, you, you look at the, the who's who them like uh, Duncan Williams at the uh, Defending or just just uh, uh, crown champion at the at the Cork Twenty earlier this year, back for another crack at the title. Uh, great to see the likes of uh, Melvin Evans returning as well. He won this rally, ooh, 16, 17, I'm not sure, but he's he's a previous winner of the rally, uh, previous Irish national rally winner. So you know, have the likes of uh, Melvin coming back. The the other Evans uh, family, the Gwyndaf Gwyndaf's son Wayne Evans is coming. Um, all of these guys have supported Irish rallying for. For years and years, and uh, you know, I was at the rally, uh, big Kerry Deegan earlier this year. Um, it's around the British Rally Championship. Is sure four Irish cars over there. They're all kind of connected with the junior um, Irish Rally Academy, and it's great to see them guys there. But uh, and, and girls, of course. But it was um, but what was disappointing was the Irish clubmen weren't really supporting that rally. And you think of the support that the Welsh boys have given us over the years mm -hmm. that may, maybe some of us should be travelling over there to do, do their close road event. It, it, it did strike me, but okay, that's maybe a conversation for another day. That could be, you know, especially now that been around of the ERC this year, the closest one for the Irish competitors, it would be the ideal opportunity to go for and show how good Irish rallying is on a European scale. Well, now, if I was the manager of the Irish Tamarack Rally Championship, I would be including that rally in the, in the Irish Tamarack Championship as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a bit of a gap there always. Uh, you know, this year, the, I, I know the calendar's going to change again next year, but this year, if you look at it, that uh, we we finished the Cork 20 Ulster International Rally, then the championship is basically, as from an international point of view, the championship is basically all over to the Galway International Rally. You go back into history time, we always had the Manx International Rally in September in between the, the Ulster mm -hmm. and the, the Cork 20 why not bring back a kind of a overseas element to the Irish Tarmac Championship? Pitch the Irish guys in against the, the best of the Europeans. Pitch the Irish guys in. I know they meet on the, the Ulster Rally every now and again, but you know, look, freshen it up a little bit. That's me with my thinking man's hat on. It's just mm -hmm. a personal opinion, but something I'd love to see is uh, a little bit of uh, a change in the way things are done. And why not throw something the Irish guys in, the European mm -hmm. guys and the British guys all together in the one rally? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who wins it, you're going to have a spectacle. Yeah, and uh, you know, for sure, for sure. Uh, but like, as well as that, then new route this year for Killarney as well, too. No Malls Gap, you know, and we always think Killarney Malls Gap, but it's so much more than that. And that this weekend's going to prove that. Yeah, well, look, uh, Malls Gap was uh, taken out of the mix. There's a uh, if you approach the um, the famous tunnel, uh, as they as they call the Newfoundland Bay, is the name of the area in the lake, but at the approach to Newfoundland Bay, um. Some of the road has subsided into the lake, you know, uh, years of erosion and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's not possible to really to, to run it as a as a rally stage because of that problem at the minute. Obviously, Kerry County Council and the trolls are repairing it, but it was the perfect excuse to walk away from it and uh, try something different. And so, yeah, you have a range of stages that we are all familiar with, but probably haven't been used in this configuration uh, ever before. Um, 
starting with uh, a stage in Drummond Hill. Uh, Drummond Hill was used in the Rally of the Lakes probably six or seven years ago. Um, at that time, the um, it was the first time it was ever, ever used in the Rally of the Lakes. But since then, uh, or sorry, previous to that, it was used in the Circuit Carrier Rally in the uh, mid to late 80s. So it's kind of a familiar enough stage, but no one that's into historic rallying would have really competed on any version of this. Um, we then moved to Carra Lake. Now, Carra Lake is one of the utmost classic. It's one of the all-time greats out there. But it's been run in reverse, as we call it. So when you're using the Mall's Gap Block Bama Loop, you always come to Carra Lake with the lake on the right. The lake's going to be on the left this time, and you're going to be heading towards the heading towards the mountains. And I can't recall the last time it was actually used in either an international rally or a historic rally going in that particular direction. Obviously, it has, but it's been yes, a long, long years, time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, talking to Ger Conway, uh, uh, Rob Duggan's navigator uh, on Monday afternoon, and uh, he he mentioned that he says he he's never done it that way, <laughs> and that's hard to believe. Like, yeah. and he says it's a completely different stage going that direction. So that opens it up. Yeah. Um, we moved in further inland. You're kind of more familiar territory, like with Shannara, Kilgobnet, uh, Beaufort, whatever name you want to put on the stage. Yes, every single road on this stage has been used at some point in recent times but not in the configuration that we're using now. And I think the last time this road was used, uh, certainly the library recall rallying was uh, two, uh, two years ago, the 2022 Rally the Lakes. But the first four or five Ks are in reverse to what we did in the lakes that on that occasion. And then we take a junction left, which brings into a section that we did exactly in the same direction two years ago. You know, there's a whole, whole kind of jigsaw roads inside there and they've come up with a, a very interesting configuration of roads um, that kind of brings us back towards um, back towards the service park in, in Lieber. Uh, that configuration then is uh, repeated twice, Drummond Hill, Carra Lake, uh, Shannon, repeated, uh, repeated. And then this thing in the tail, uh, out for Rockfield. Now, we've all rallied bits and pieces of Rockfield, but again, the first two miles are on a section of road that I've I've never even visited uh, for all the roads I've travelled in County Kerry. Not to mind uh, Recky that rallied it. Um, did a bit of a Recky there on Sunday, and the first two to three kilometers are uh, virgin territory for the majority of people. Uh, takes a right hand turn then and swings down what's known as um, uh, Flynn's Forge. It's a cross of five roads uh, in Mid Kerry region. But we have rallied into Flynn's Forge from all five different directions, but just that we're taking a slightly different approach here this time. And then back to Lieber, lights out, and the last run in the dark. That's going to be some crack. The yeah. first time there's been a nice stage in, in a Motorsport Ireland event. In, Oh, it's six, seven, seven years, I'd say, Kevin, is it? Mm-hmm. That could, uh, could well be, it could, and could be more when you start thinking about it. And, like, yeah. you know, this is, this is like, bringing an extra dimension to the rally as well. You know, Kerry has always been trying to find initiatives and new, new things to try. And bringing it back to the night stages, the lights, the noise, there's no sensation like it. There is nothing quite like it. There's going to be two cars that you're going to have to see, or not maybe not see, but listen yeah. to mm-hmm. uh, in in the dark next uh, next Saturday afternoon. Uh, a Ford Escort BDA and a BMW M3, and just the sound of them echoing off the valleys and uh, off the off the nearby mountains. It's just going to be an, an incredible sound. Not to mind the yeah. sight and the flash of lights and everything that's going to go with it. Um, I suppose you go back like the the, the, the rally of the lakes when it first started as an international rally was. Uh, they always ran night stages uh, on, on the Saturday evening. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up as a young fellow in County Kerry, it was always the highlight of the Saturday evening was go go out and find the night stages. It's great to kind of relive that p- part of my youth and all that. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be the same for many drivers. It's going to be the same for 
many co-drivers and it's going to be something new for an awful lot of people so yeah it's great to see initiatives you're right yeah and like as well as that for the drivers going on somebody that's maybe not so familiar with driving in the dark and if they're only leading by 10 seconds or whatever it, you know 10 seconds suddenly becomes very a very small gap absolutely and there's new challenges as well for the for the core driver he's dealing like if you've never done night stages you've yeah. map lights and where's the map light reflecting off the windscreen and mm-hmm. you know there's there's all that and trying to add your time cards in, the, in this darkness and uh mm-hmm. there's challenges for the um organizers the uh the, st- the stage furniture we call it the arrows and the signage all that have to be a different specification for a night stage mm-hmm. or there's very specific safety plan requirements to to create a night stage uh, mm-hmm. um you know, I think it's going to be spectacular. Uh, you know, I suppose the important thing there is like it's uh, it, it's because it's, I won't say it is new, but because it's uh, territory revisited that we haven't seen for quite a number of years, it's going to be imperative that the spectators are uh, on their best of behavior on a nice stage yeah. because if there's one uh, even hint of something not right, we, we they won't allow the stage to run, yeah. and none of us want that. And yeah. you know, I suppose if there's any message out of tonight's conversation is that we should um we should be thinking um look you know uh, spectators if you're out there work with the organisers work with us uh, work with the team that are out there um you know another thing that actually came up in a recent meeting as well was the you know the overnight parking and uh, you know we were talking earlier about Mall's Gap not being used uh, this year. And over the years, camper vans used to go into Malls Gap and park up overnight. And they were parking in places that may look safe in the dark, but definitely not safe at seven o'clock in the morning when you're trying to run a rally. Mm-hmm. And over the years, the, the club and the senior officials have identified the problems where these camper vans park or overnight spectators park. And you know, don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic atmosphere to be camping in the mountains and having this yeah. over. Now that we're going into places like Carroll Lake and uh, Shannon for the first time, the, 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 you know, these people, these the overnighters, the, the campers have to be very mindful of where they posi- position themselves, uh, where they park their camper van, because, you know, it, it, as I say, it might look okay when you go in there and, and Friday yeah. evening uh, at, at nine or 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. and it's not okay the day of the rally. You're going to cause delays, you could cause a stage cancellation. So yeah. anyone that's thinking of overnighting on any of the stages, be very mindful. Uh, bear in mind your two hundred and five meter runoff area for certain junctions and fifty five meter runoff areas for other junctions. You can imagine if there's a camper van parked in a two hundred meter runoff area, uh-huh. and the occupants are gone walking two k's into the stage to see a spectacular. Sure, the stage is gone. Oh, so yeah. maybe a message there, like just to mm-hmm. when you're thinking about parking, think about yeah, what could delay? What could delay or worse, cancel the stage on on Saturday morning? Mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. And like, you know, there's another thing there you touched on too. Like the, the people that make this happen in the rally as well, the officials know, and the marshals on the ground. Like marshals are vital for any rally. Um I'm sure you sort of be delighted if anybody wants to get involved there as well. Yeah, Maria Dunno, who has been doing throwing to work for the, the club there for uh, the last couple of weeks, um she was also the chief marshal for for the um circuit carrier rally. Uh she is an unbelievable worker. Um her contact book must stretch from the whole 32 counties and beyond and where she pulls people out to get these jobs done. I don't know. So that lady deserves a absolute credit for the incredible amount of work she does in the, the background. Uh, again, coming up in a, a recent meeting, it did say that um, there's a lot of help needed on Friday night to help get the um, Libra car park set it up, set up for the, the service area. Uh, the, the service barges are not allowed into that area until after 8 p.m. on Friday evening because um, that's an operational factory, so we can't be crisscrossing the, the employees and the workers. 
But because there's a short window of uh, that at eight o'clock, you're going to have 150 service vans uh, demanding access to this this area. So there's a lot of help needed there. If there's anybody around Friday evening, they'd, they'd be their help would be greatly appreciated. And also, um, uh, again, managing the, the the service area itself on Saturday. I suppose so. so if anyone that volunteers on Friday night, I'm sure you'll be uh, you'll be re-recruited again for Saturday morning to keep the the service park uh, operational, particularly the first run when the when the first cars come out of Park Firma and into service, it kind of settles down for the second and third service, but the first one's always a bit chaotic. So yeah. I think that's where the main pinch points are at the moment. But, uh, you know, give any of us a call here in Killarney Motor Club and we'll uh, we'll put you in the right direction if you're available to help on the weekend. We'd be delighted to hear from you. For sure. And Sean, before we let you go, um, you talked about the noise of the rally cars through, you know, at night and one thing or another. We're just coming away from the, the RAC it finished there the other day. And, they, you know, the, you know the Stratus, the TR7 V8. You know the the noises yeah. of those cars. You know the spectacle of the BDGs through the forest. Didn't know. Like we had probably one of the toughest events ever. You know in the world, the Circuit Ireland. You know the Irish Tarmac. You know an absolutely <coughs> epic rally. Is what there been an appetite out there for an historic version of that now? Like when you look what the the RAC has done over the last few years. Um, let, let's throw a spanner in the works here now for the crack and the. Uh... Uh, I think what the organisers of the RAC rally have done is absolutely incredible. Um, it, it is like the old rally GB of old, uh, a five-day trash around Wales, uh, England, Scotland. It's absolutely epic. And any man that, and woman that has finished that rally deserves to take a bow. But it's incredible. And uh, there is no reason in the world with a little bit of bravery and a little bit of uh, gumption that you could pull something like that off in uh, in, in Ireland. It was spoke about there uh, before um, COVID times that they were trying to revive some version of the, the old Circuit of Ireland. The idea at the time was that uh, every club would run a stage in their area. So, you know, there's two clubs in County Kerry. You might get away with four stages in County Kerry, move up into Limerick and Limerick Motor Club run a stage, Claremore, Galway Motor Club, Mayo Motor Club, Donegal Motor Club, the whole Western Seaboard covered there, yeah. five motor clubs. Um, the other idea I think that they're doing very well in the um, in the RAC is that after two very um, uh, busy days in Wales, uh, rather than a kind of nonsensical road section from uh, North Wales to Carlisle, it's four or five hours by motorway, they're allowing the cars to be trailered to the, you know, mm -hmm. which is... Yeah. So there's no reason why you could say, for example, if you want to go back to the old Circuit of Ireland format, and start in Belfast and say on a, on a Thursday night, and then spend Thursday night and all day Friday rallying in Northern Ireland, and then trailer the cars to someplace like Waterford, uh -huh. Spend all day rallying. Spend all day rallying in County Waterford, County Wexford. Then trailer the cars to, to Killarney and spend all day rallying in Killarney, etc. Yeah. Um, and the buy-in from the local clubs. And if every club, um, if every club ran a stage in their parish, and then talk with the RAC organisers, and if they can get 150 uh, uh, historic rally cars to do a forestry event. I'm sure we could get 150 historic cars to do a tarmac event mm -hmm. and maybe run it every second year. Now, obviously, that's going to interfere with the, the current status of the, the Killarney District Motor Club. And I'm speaking with my own personal hat mm -hmm. on here, not as a, a member of the club. But I think I think let's have the conversation by all means and say, let's be brave. Like uh, Irish rallying can be very stale at times. You're looking at nearly every rally in the country is three stages done three times. It's It's repeat, repeat, repeat. Let's let's bring back some of the older great ideas or throw absolute bonkers new ideas out there and what's there to lose, you know what I mean? So yeah, let's let's start the conversation about that one. Absolutely. 
So, you know, Sean says, why not revive, you know, the Circuit Ireland or some kind of historic rally here in Ireland, uh, you know, to rival the RAC? I think it's a no-brainer, you know, so watch this space, I suppose. Um, you know, we're talking about talent, one thing or another. There's probably, we keep saying that probably one of the best talents to come out of this island in the long, long time. John Armstrong, you know, rallied the VAR last weekend, four for for all, and a rally three fiesta. Connor, exceptional run, wasn't it? Oh, giant killing performance. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Like, the times he was putting in, and yeah, just unbelievable. I was blown away, you know, watching him, the clips and, and following EWRC to see the progress for John and just climbing the leaderboard and just phenomenal then to, to finish that fourth overall. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic, you know. And, you know, there has to be somebody out there, you know, willing to back this guy and like M Sport, you know, the, they want the, the new Festa to, to push the, you know, push it further up the leaderboard. Can you imagine what you could do in a Rally 2 car if we see what you can do in a Rally 3 car? So, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, 2024 is the, the year that, you know, that more people get to see how exceptionally talented this guy is. So let's hear from John. John Armstrong, uh, Rally de Var at the weekend, fourth overall in the Rally 3 Fiesta. What can we say? Absolutely superb. <laughs> Yeah, it was such an amazing event, to be honest, Kevin, and uh, thanks for having me on. Um, it was sort of, uh, it was something that we were planning for a little while to go and do that rally. Uh, and then, yeah, we we had Rally Barham and didn't go to plan. So um, this was still in the background and then it was finally confirmed uh, with uh, Sport Poland to go and do the event. And it went really, really well, to be honest. Uh, whenever I went there, I was hoping if I could get a top 10 it would be a fantastic result and to come away with fourth overall and on a you know a very uh famous national French round probably one of the best ones um on the calendar it's uh it's it's like going to maybe something like uh Killarney or Donegal and, and getting the same result I think it's it's uh, on par with that so really really chuffed and um yeah nice way to to finish off the year after you know a difficult uh past couple of months since um the czech republic has been nice now to sort of put that behind me now before the the christmas uh period so yeah really yeah. really happy yeah because like rally de var like it ha- you know it's one of those rallies it's kind of it's known outside of france like it's one of them events that Loeb always done when he was in his pump and one thing or another and uh, you know as you say like it's it's a quotient to like a, a donegal or a killarney here and like it has always attracted a strong entry list, and this year was no exception. Like the lineup of stuff there, like the wee orange tangerine had no <laughs> no place been up in that as high as it was, really, you know. Yeah, it that's true. You know, there was a big entry of Rally Two cars, um, and in strong drivers at that. You know, got the likes of Bonato, who has been winning ERC rounds this year. You got Eric Camille, who was a wrc driver with m sport and wrc2 uh and then a whole host of other rally two cars with capable drivers and then the these alpines um the rgt cars which are over 300 horsepower uh suited for probably the smoother stages and um yeah they got like traction control and everything so uh they're they're quite interesting to have a look around um but yeah super super fast and um one of the the drivers actually finished ahead of me he finished third overall in the rally um he's called uh 
is it's either Cedric Robert or Robert Cedric, but I did I had no idea. Uh, I, I I'm very good with my rally history, but I didn't know who this guy was. <laughs> yeah. I look and then I was looking at the results there. I think yesterday, and I looked up his profile and I was scrolling down down and uh, got into like the early two thousands and I was, seen Monte Carlo Rally sixth overall in 2003 i was like okay <laughs> that's why hey, this guy's got some proper pedigree um yeah. so yeah that was cool it was um yeah that someone like that was was doing the rally as well so uh yeah that's the, i've now brushed up on my rally knowledge slightly more <laughs> you have a better knowledge of french drivers there at this stage yes yeah and like you know you, you say like these were like a, a uh, they're almost like a circuit car converted for rally and not too like so they're you know well built for the french roads yeah um and that's one thing with rally duvar uh, whenever while well, i was doing like the preparation for the event and trying to watch videos and and so on you get a feel for what the stages are going to be like um but it did seem like there was going to be a big variation and whenever i got there to do the recce there was, um, you know, a crazy variation of almost each stage had its own character. Uh, every stage was like a different from a different rally. You could you could say this one was like uh, Catalonia and this one's a bit more like, I don't know, uh, Germany. And yeah, you just they all felt totally different. And um, I think, you know, some stages suited us really well with the bumpy stuff and a bit more narrow uh so yeah they they suited us and we that's where we had our best times um some other stages were really smooth um a bit more uphill and that's where we were starting to lose a little bit of time with the cars around us but um yeah really really nice event definitely uh one for anyone who wants to try a bit of rallying away from from uh, ireland or the uk to try something a bit different is definitely one that i would recommend and uh yeah really enjoyed it the locals were all very nice too um i'm trying to learn a bit of french at the minute but it's definitely i learned at the weekend that my french is not good enough yet (laughs) um i also learned that uh yeah they they don't speak too much english around that part too so it was quite interesting especially for um whenever we went to the sign on with uh with ross who was sitting with this rally um just trying to even do that was a challenge you know (laughs) we almost needed a translator to get through the sign on and everything so um i can only imagine what it was like from a from a co-driver's point of view like the time controls and all those sorts of things yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) so it was a big challenge i think on on that side but um no amazing experience and uh yeah really cool to do it for sure for sure and like you know as you mentioned earlier there the barnum rally was your last event as well before this and like you had a big off but like thankfully m sport Poland give you a test before this event was that your first time back in a rally car since then yeah, that was the, the first time I've been driving a car is the, the test that we done before Rally Devar. Um and yeah, it uh it's something that I, I needed probably mentally to to sort of move past, you know, what happened in Barham. Um it's one of those things that after you have sort of a big accident then um well I've been in a position now where I've had a couple of not so good ones, so I know I can I can get past it but um you know when you're sitting around and, and not doing anything and you're you're wondering when your next time in a rally car is going to be uh the longer it is the harder it will be on paper but um yeah i was thankful whenever you know i got the the opportunity to, to do the test that uh whenever you put the helmet on and you 
you go down the stage and you're you're concentrating and you're listening to the pace notes and everything then um you know you're, you're just focused on the the road ahead of you and the, the job in hand so um yeah i didn't really have any any too too many issues which was good um but it was uh it was like a hard <laughs> say the a hardcore one because it was the same same chassis and everything from barham um so thankfully Machek and, and the guys in Amsterdam Poland they were able to to save the chassis. Uh we've been joking. Um I think it was I think it was William Mavidi who was he was doing uh gravel notes for, for me at the weekend with Barry McNulty. Um they've done a really good job by the way, so thank thanks to them. Uh but he what he was saying it's like are, are the only fools and horses the the broom the broomstick um it's the same broomstick but uh it's had six shafts and, and four heads or something like that so uh, yeah there might be too much of it to, it's the same but it's the same chassis and um yeah it's really i think it it was something that i was motivated to do to to just yeah, yeah. to get back behind the wheel of the same car and just try to have a good rhythm in the rally and, and see where we ended up. And, uh, yeah, I think for me personally, it was, uh, something that, you know, I really needed. For sure. For sure. And then we should all just mention as well. Another man that helped out was Ben Thompson. Ben went over and stepped into the, the co-driver seat. It, uh, lovely for you to give, you know, a young up and coming co-driver from your own locality and over here in Fermanagh, uh, you know, the chance to go and experience a, a seat beside yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know Ben a very long time since he was pretty much uh, a baby, I'd say. Um, his his dad and my dad would have worked together. Uh, so yeah, I know Ben for, for many, many years and he's been, um, you know, coming up to the, whenever we used to have our own rally cars at the shed and everything, he would have been up and helping out and uh, doing a bit of mechanicing whenever he was old enough to do so and, and things like that. So um in recent years he started co-driving uh and he's he's very very uh you'd have to meet him but he's he's a very charismatic um fella for a young lad you know he's not scared to talk or anything and uh he's always asking to to do a rally together so um yeah i thought it was then a good opportunity for for the pre-event test to ask ben to come along and um yeah he was he was more than uh willing to come and uh, he done a really a really good job um it was uh, a good learning curve for him and um yeah uh hopefully in the future you know he can keep developing um on the co-driver side and uh yeah keep going forward yeah and it'll definitely help his cv now as well that he's sat with john armstrong too (laughs) (laughs) yes well maybe it's a good or a bad thing but hopefully good (laughs) but like you know you come away with fourth there at the weekend, as you say, what a way to finish off the season. Like, but, you know, what a season you've had. ERC champion, you know, you've always said, if you had the car, you can deliver. And like, this year proved it. Yeah, it's been, it's been a really nice year, to be honest. And, um, you know, to be ERC three champion is, is a real nice feather in, in my hat or cap, whichever it is. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, a, it's really cool to have that title to my name and um i feel like my driving this year has been has been really good and uh been still developing and learning um as as i went along and so yeah it's been a really nice season very uh you know grateful to thames for poland for giving me the opportunity to um you know debut their rally three evo 
and uh to show it off in the stages to help develop it um so yeah it's been a really cool year and um you know thank you to to everyone who's made it possible uh so yeah now we we keep looking to the future and see what what's going to happen next year um it's still up in the air at the moment but uh i think trying to trying to you know keep going on the path i am whether that's more uh, rally three events or hopefully a couple of rally two um outings next year as well would be nice um so yeah we'll, we'll keep working towards it and, and see what happens yeah because like you know there, there's so much strong support behind you you know we spoke recently up in cnm up in oma and like you know marty's full square behind you there you know there's so many other guys pushing that you to get and like it must be really hurting from your point of view to have such strong support behind you that like wanting to get you to, to the next level yeah definitely I, I think it's something that um you need in in rallying is a passionate team around you and, and people who want to push you to that next level and believe in you and you know i've been uh really lucky to, to have people around me throughout my whole um rally career if uh, if that's what you want to call it <laughs> um so yeah it's uh it, it's something that you always need and at the moment you know i've got a great uh group of people around me that are are loyal and uh you know want to to drive me forward so um you know i'm always asking them for advice on what they think i should be doing and um you know if they're able to help me out with certain aspects so um yeah it's definitely good and you know i've got some really good followers through um you know my different social media platforms and everything i think i've got a good a good fan base too which is always really nice that um you know whenever you go out and do an event that you have that support uh behind you to to really drive you forward so um yeah it's definitely really really nice and hopefully we can keep uh moving forward in 2024 so yeah mm -hmm. we'll we'll keep pushing yeah, and like you know, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it properly the day up in Oma was uh, yourself and Marty are hoping to do five mile town next year as well too. Like for somebody to put that faith into you to hand you a car for the day too, like that, that says a lot about the the trust Marty puts in you too, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that'll be quite an interesting day. Um, you know, if Marty's definitely sitting in the cold river seat, it will be a fun one. Um, that's for sure. But uh, you know. We, we will be definitely trying to have a good result and uh yeah final time was my first ever stage rally in 2012 um so it's one that uh holds a special place in, in my heart and um to go there with a the top car would be would be a really nice thing and a good experience for me to do and uh i just enjoy a, a good day out so um yeah we're we're looking forward to that one um have to get marty trained up in the notes i think a wee bit uh <laughs> see see how he is maybe get him beside me here in the, on the simulator and uh call call some notes um <laughs> it could be interesting so yeah it should be a good day out and um yeah really looking forward to that one isn't that so hard to believe like that's like you know it'll be it will be 12 years ago since you know you, you, you debuted and like i remember at the time uh gary jennings remarking about you know this young guy starting out left foot driving their left foot breaking in a fest and all like he just knew right from the start this guy's going places and like it must have, even right from the start people knew that this that there was something a wee bit special here 
Um, yeah, I guess it's weird to, to talk about it, but um, I think coming from the all track, I'd, I'd got quite a bit of uh, experience of, of driving through that. And um, that was my first stage rally, final town. And uh, I was really, yeah, fired up to just go flat out. And I think that's what I've always tried to, to do um, is almost, well, you know, I, I grew up watching rallies and standing at the side of ditches and, and seeing, you know, um, my heroes going down the road flat out and even going to spectate at five mile town rally. So, um, I always tried to, I always think what motivates me is to try and be the the driver that I used to watch, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like uh-huh. I want to be one of those drivers and that's now I've got the opportunity to, to be driving the stages and, um, you know, when you see a group of spectators, or whatever, you know, you try to give it a, le- a little bit more, um, <laughs> just to just to be that one that's that's pushing to the limit. And um, yeah, obviously, the the driving gives you such a feeling as well, an adrenaline rush and and everything. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to believe now that that's twelve years ago. Definitely getting getting a bit older now, but um, <laughs> yeah, still hopefully. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll be able to continue going for for another number of years, and um, yeah, see what we can achieve. Um, thanks to John for taking the time to to. Uh, he's not that long home from Rally Devar, and again, Kevin, just giant killing results. When you look at the small number of rallies that John actually does per year, and the results that he pulls out of the bag every single time, it's just incredible. Um. I also had the opportunity to catch up with KCJ Coleman. So KCJ was competing abroad recently as well. He's just back from doing two events in Italy. And I thought it was a good chance to catch up with KCJ just to hear how he got on. But also on the back of the chats we had last week with Raymond Moore from Race and Rally, where we're discussing the Stellantis Cup that's coming in. And KCJ is currently competing in a 208 Rally 4 car, would be eligible for the Cup if it happens. Um, So I thought, well, why not? Let's have a chat with KCJ. So, KCJ, thanks for joining us. Thought it'd be a good opportunity to catch up with you. I've had a busy couple of weekends in Italy. So, what have you been up to recently? Yeah, that's for sure, Connor. Um, we spent uh, two weeks, obviously, over in over in Italy, taking part in uh, one gravel rally and one tarmac rally. Um, firstly, we were in um, Rally del Brunello, which is in uh, Montalcino, uh, kind of the Tuscany region, Italy. So, um Really nice, nice gravel stages. Um, it was a rally I actually done last year. So that's kind of what enticed us to go back again. Um, really, really nice stages. Um, obviously, it was my first time on, on gravel in, in a couple of months. So it was a, all learning. Um, we had a, a fairly good rally. Um, we got around and lots of experience got. We had no tests. So I suppose we were using the rally as, you know, an experience. And we ended up getting a third in the under 25 category. And Which how was, did you, uh, was it similar stages to last year or was it all new this year? Yeah, it was kind of 50-50. There was two of the stages were, were the same as last year. Um, and then a couple of new stages as well, which is, I was happy about, you know, because obviously when you're going for experience, you want to learn some things as well. And there was a lot of, a lot of more challenging stages, probably I'd say this year than it was last year. Um, there was one 19-kilometer stage, uh, which is quite unusual, obviously, for gravel. Um so yeah, no, no, it was it was good. And Rally Four is it's fairly popular in the continent. So uh, you know, by the looks of the entry list, you had quite a challenge there in your hand. A lot of a lot of local competitors. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think there was over 20 Rally 4s um, in boat rallies that we don't actually. Um, and obviously, seriously competitive. I mean, over there in Italy, there's a lot more. Um, the age group is probably a lot higher in the, in the Rally 4 category over there. You're looking at guys in their in their late 20s with lots of rally experience um, in a Rally 4 class, whereas at home, it's probably a lot more more younger guys, um, which is another thing to take into account. But no, really good, yeah. And then what do you call it? Then then it was an onto tarmac. Did you? I mean, I think did you get a test in between the two? Yeah, we did. So uh, obviously we did a couple of days to kill. So we done a couple of days uh, recce practice, and then um, we had a test day then. Yeah, before the tarmac rally, um, which was was good. We we had a really good day. We had got some help off uh, Andrea Crognola, obviously three time Italian uh, champion. So yeah, it was really good. We were we were kind of trying a new a new driving style which was obviously uh, a big undertaking too you know so um yeah we got a test on on the wednesday and then there was a couple of night stages on the friday and then stages all day saturday so we we did a fairly good rally there as well the it, that was the last round of the the italian kind of national championship so um again serious serious competition there you know but um i think we've gave a fairly good account of ourselves and uh yeah, really enjoyable. We we broke a drive shaft on the third stage Saturday, which uh, kind of knocked us back a bit. But um, you know, it was all learned playing around with setup and stuff with the car. We were running running quite soft, and in the especially in the evening stages on the Saturday, we really found a setup that we liked, and we we had some good stage times. You know, and and the the bit of testing you did with Andrea, did you get like any sort of local insights or any sort of local knowledge on how to tackle the stages? Like anything, you know, was it big cuts or? Or, you know, what what sort of advice was he passing on? A lot of stuff. Kind of, the driving style is quite different because, you know, over there, I'd say probably in, in most stages on in the tarmac rally, there was probably very occasionally even got into fifth gear in the car. You know, it was really tight, twisty, twisty technical stages. Um, very narrow as well, kind of with like, you know, kind of a, a rock face on one side and, and a big drop on the other. Whereas, you know, at home, a lot of the stages are very fast. You might spend you know, half a stage in fifth gear at home, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. So it was a completely different driving style and uh, trying to be a lot smoother with the car and um, just general stuff like that. Racing lines is, is obviously a massive, massive thing out there because it's the difference between, you know, the speed you can take in pretty much every corner, but you have to keep that in mind in every corner, which is nonstop, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. All, all good experience. And like, would it be fair to say you've had a fairly mixed year this year? Yeah, a hundred percent, Connor. Yeah, um, we had a very, a very good start to the year. Um, a lot of a lot of class wins, and we were leading both championships. We were taking part in the Tarmac Championship and the the, the dual surface. But you know, we had a, a couple of fairly tough accidents and a bit of a rough patch. Um, so probably second half of the year, I qu- kind of struggled myself for confidence. You know, mm. um, but you know, we're being patient, and uh, I'm sure sure things will come back right soon. You know, we're definitely making some steps in the right direction anyway. So. Yeah, and and I suppose you know the the, the two solid results, uh, you know, in Italy outside of the country with with you know tough competition. I'm sure that's probably helped to to rebuild some of that confidence again. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. Um, I think any time you can go out to, you know, somewhere in Europe and be within maybe a second a kilometer of the guys in front is is quite an achievement, you know. Um, because it's it's just complete. It's completely different Ireland. You know the level is serious in Ireland, but it's it's so specialist. Whereas out there, you know it's it's quite a lot more open. And um, 
no yeah definitely it's it's good for good for everyone involved you know yeah and have you had a chance yet to 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 think about you know 2024 what what are you kind of planning for next year ah uh, yeah definitely um obviously we're looking at the uh this Peugeot Cup that seems to be coming in, it's really exciting and uh, well done, obviously, to everyone involved. It's it's uh, looking really good, you know. So, um, yeah, definitely probably leaning towards that maybe at the minute and, uh, yeah, looking at some other kind of exciting things maybe maybe outside outside of things again because anytime you can get experience anywhere, you know, is really good. So, uh, look, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how things go, you know. Yeah. Could, could we see you back in Italy again or maybe pastures new? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I'd love to do some more rally in Italy. Obviously, it's re- really enjoyable over there, and um, yeah, hopefully anyway. Um, also, I'd really love what I'd really love to do is you know maybe some things in uh, you know the likes of Scandinavia or things like that, like which is obviously completely specialist again. But um, obviously, I think anyone anyone rallying, I'd love to do do some stuff out there. So uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And. I suppose KCJ, we 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 forgot to talk about something very important. Uh, Lorcan Moore, um, I presume Lorcan and yourself are continuing the partnership next year. Yeah, hopefully. Anyway, hopefully. Um, yeah, myself and Lorcan get on. Obviously, brilliant. He came on kind of halfway through the year. There, our first rally was was Eper, obviously, which was a baptism of fire. But no, we we get on really well, and uh, we've we've really gelled over the year. And big thanks to him. Obviously, you know, he's a uh, very professional and. Um, yeah, couldn't thank him enough really for for all his work over over this half of the year and hopefully going forward, you know. And you know, we mentioned earlier, you know, about that, about building up the confidence, about coming back from from the couple of knocks you had. Like I'm sure, you know, Lorcan plays a huge part in that as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, we've had loads of conversations about things that we can change or try or do. You know, um, he's he's brilliant, really, for for giving you confidence. You know, even in a car, you know, he's a uh, you know, a strong-minded fella in fairness, and uh, no, yeah, brilliant, brilliant in fairness to him. Yeah, and I'm sure you've seen, you know, Lorcan develop as well, especially you know from the work that he's doing with the MI Academy. Are you seeing that coming into the the, the car and into your partnership? Ah, uh, for sure, yeah, hundred percent. Um, even <clears throat> you know, probably especially over over the two weeks in Italy, you know, it really shows the professionalism. Um, at home, obviously rallying is quite simple compared to when you go out foreign and things are a lot different and you, you have to really be on it and you have to be watching everything and uh no 100 percent really professional and obviously the academy is is a great help for for all them lads you know um but it, no brilliant yeah and kcj you know it's tough times out there fun the rallying and stuff etc as well so you know how tough is it getting sponsors and keeping or holding on to your sponsors? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, it, it is tough, you know, especially when you're doing a, a a large amount of rallying, you know. Um, obviously we're quite lucky ourselves. Uh, big thanks to my dad and all the lads in work in Shoreway. Um, another Pascal O'Shea, uh, Kilshield and Limestone Quarries, who has been very good to us over the year and. Andy Fanning Motor Factors and uh, you know everyone everyone involved you know always you know we're, we're quite lucky with who we have on board and lucky obviously to be able to do what I do you know so um, yeah all the team all the team yeah no big thanks to everyone yeah 
Yeah, great to hear from KCJ, uh, you know, about how himself and Lorcan have got on this year and, you know, hopefully all comes together for their plans next year and we see them uh, in the Stellantis Cup when it kicks off next year. That's for sure, that's for sure. And it's fantastic to see, you know, Casey and Lorcan out competing, you know, they're, they want to spread their wings and compete in events outside Ireland as well too, which I, I think that's very, has to be admired. Absolutely, it is. You know that they're not afraid to go, and and you, particularly like the the rounds they were on were the wrap up of the Italian Championships, so they really were up against local knowledge, local competitors, and most of the other people that we see leave these shores and go and compete abroad. It ups the bar, it ups the game for them. They come back and they're faster, they're they're better equipped. They're you know, it really does lift lift the talent levels. That's for sure. That's for sure. So anyway, that is uh, the end of this episode. So please like, share, rate, subscribe as always, you know, please keep doing what you're doing. It's great to appreciate. So until the next time, take care, speak soon and bye.